You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 7 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm an author and writer and journalist and interviewer and I'm here to chat with the wonderful Gina Militia. Gina, how are you today? I'm great, Val. How are you going? I'm good, I'm good. What have you been up to? Oh, can you, I've just come back from doing sprints, believe sprints. it or not. You mean running sprints? <laughs> Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so, why you decided to become an Olympic athlete or something? Yes, call me Kathy Freeman because <laughs> in my head, when I'm running, that's what I think I look like. Oh, but yes. Sadly, I doubt that that's the case. <laughs> and so, but you get a workout in like 15 minutes, and all the benefits of working out for an hour in that short time. So I thought, you know, I'd, I'd try try it out. Is that why and you're doing it? Just yeah, to yeah, save yeah. time. Just to save time. <laughs> and it's apparently it's meant to be like um, such a super workout as well. So, but I haven't had time to, I apologize. I, I haven't had time to shower. And now I'm actually a bit paranoid that you can all smell me through the, <laughs> I'm really sorry. You know, you know how you get paranoid. You know, like maybe, maybe <gasps> there is something about your energy that people just like, they go, there's something not right about today. Oh, my God. Okay, well, I had a workout today, but I have had a shower, so um, hopefully people aren't going to get a double whiff. (laughs) Um, For those people who have joined us on Episode 7, this isn't actually a podcast about us uh, being smelly. Uh, This is So You Want to Be a Photographer because this is where I am the photographic enthusiast, but Gina is the pro photographer. She's been photographing everything and anything and anyone um, for the last 25 years in Australia and around the world. And I've known Gina for 21 years and we decided that um, we thought we would do this podcast because it gave us an opportunity not only to chat to each other, but we love sharing information about photography. And quite frankly, I ask lots of questions and Gina has lots of answers. So <laughs> that's really what this podcast is about. But tell us what it, what you've been finding around on the internet um this week gina well you know that i like uh looking for distractions on the internet shiny things constantly and one that caught my eye the other day was um a a post about uh family photos that go wrong (laughs) yes they so go wrong (laughs) and there's just some great shots in there with just like you know babies uh falling out of the shot or or um you know dogs uh photo bombing the background and it's just like it's really hilarious we'll put a link in the show notes this is a website called smosh and it's called 19 family photos gone wrong very wrong (laughs) 
<laughs> and uh, the first one is of so they've taken a photo of a family of four and they've used sparklers and you know how you can spell out <laughs> spell out the word spell out uh, spell out a letter with your sparkler they uh, the family told their mother that uh, to to do the letter O because they were going to all line up in a row and write love L O V E and she believed them but uh, as you'll see from the photo Gina is cracking herself up um, as you'll see in the photo we'll put the link in the show notes they uh, did not spell the word word love they spelled a very different word it started with C the le- second letter was O there was a third letter and the last letter was K so it, that was a yes quite a family joke that they played on that mother but lots of other fantastic photos um it's something my kids would do yeah. <laughs> it's something my kids would do to me so that's why that really um <laughs> that's really i found that hilarious <laughs> now you also sent me another link and this is from business insider uh and it's actually uh a post called a bunch of homeless people walked around New York with disposable cameras and the photos they took are striking. Now, why did this resonate so much with you? I cried when I saw this. Really? Really, Yeah, it really got to me because there's like, um, so, and this is how powerful photos can be. And and these, like these, these people were asked to take photos of the things that meant the most to them. And uh, one of the photos, one of the guys took a photo of a dog that he sees every day because, and he, and they've got captions under each photo that 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 that, that these uh, people wrote about the photos. And he said that you know I love this dog because he comes up to me every day. That's probably the only contact that he gets, you, you know, and that's that's big in his world. And so it got me thinking about, you know, how powerful photos can be and there must be um, so many photos that just uh, stand out in people's memories that when they saw them, you know, you, you, you just that they stop you in your tracks so that they they're that powerful have you had you know experienced that with with many photos that you just remember that just um they just stand out in your memory yeah i mean obviously the ones that stand out in my memory probably stand out in a lot of people's memory like yep. um the assassination of jfk certain yep. images from Tiananmen Square, that's yep. the thing, and that, that's a powerful they're, they're, image. They're they're, they're they're iconic and they're yep. very memorable. But I, I think that the most powerful um, reaction I've had to photos like that was probably when I was in Saigon, in Ho Chi Minh City, and I went to the War War Remnants Museum, and I hadn't been to Vietnam before. And uh, going into the War Remnants Museum, there were so many photos taken by photojournalists of the Vietnam War or mm. as they call it in Vietnam the war against American aggression right. and that was a profoundly moving experience for me because I learnt so much about the war I, I obviously I know about the Vietnam War I know the history of it but it, I was very young at the time and I didn't really it, it didn't really impact me as a small child but walking through and seeing these photos and seeing what these photojournalists saw and experienced and lived through was quite profound to me and it really made me also um, realise how important their role is in history because these days yep. it's very different. You can there's a lot of citizen journalists because you can record things on your iPhone. Yep. You can you can even send them to news organisations, but that didn't happen then. So they're such an important part of recording our history, really. But how about and, you? And they risk their lives yeah, as well. Absolutely. Well, 
Well, like the, the the ones that stand out for me, obviously, the, you know, the, the the big moments in history, but as well the ones where uh, people have been rescued. Like I remember, uh, do you remember when um, the the Threadbow disaster and and uh, Stuart, Stuart Diver, Diver mm. and that image of him kept being um, like. It's like he was being brought up for the first time and that's the first sight that everyone, you know, got. I, 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 that, that just for some reason stands out in my memory. It's mm. just like such a powerful image. And then, there, of course, there's other <laughs> um, daggier popular culture ones that I tend to remember and store away in my memory <laughs> <laughs> just because I love them so much like and I'm what? such a popular culture fan. Well, do you remember when um, Sandra Bullock... Um, uh, after she won the Academy Award and then she uh, split up with her husband. See, how's me knowing all of this? It's like <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay. So, so, and, and then she adopts a child. Yes. Because she'd always wanted a baby and then she was on the cover of, um, oh, what's the magazine that she was on the cover of? Anyway, some glossy and there People she's magazine. holding the child up in the air and it's this beautiful moment. Mm. And so I saw that moment and then at the same time, my chicken had had a baby chicken. <laughs> and so I recreated that cover. Because <laughs> that's how I'm influenced. I told you I was influenced by popular culture. So, yeah, okay. that's, that's the sort of stuff that it looked because it was moving, Val. All right. Well, speaking of recreating those <laughs> images, you mentioned, you know, uh, where there are natural disasters and things like that. And um, many Australians, uh, for, so for overseas listeners who don't know, many Australians will be very familiar with the mining disaster that occurred at Beaconsfield and where two men were trapped um, way beneath the ground. And, and that, when they came up, the whole world was watching, or the, certainly the whole of Australia was watching. And there's yeah. some very uh, memorable images from that. But I know that you also did the photographs for the television series Beaconsfield and so the yes. TV series was based on that story and there were two actors playing those two guys. Did you consciously decide to recreate the images that you saw from the, the news footage and the headlines from the real event? Well, we kind of, uh, you know, had that in mind when we were creating the shots and they rebuilt the tunnel and e everything. So we, we, we had access to all of that and we, and the, the actors were so amazing that they, they really captured the vibe of the both the miners that were rescued. So you couldn't help but, but um, feel like we were sort of, you know, borrowing from, from those scenes as well and, and, and trying to, to recreate it too. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny because we've done a lot of um, Australians are starting to tell their story now and so we're really borrowing from history and, and it's like it's, it's, it's fascinating to be a part of because you know so much of it, it's, it, it's so familiar and, uh, yeah, to be able to recreate it, it's really cool. I remember actually talking to a, a stylist or fashion editor at one of the glossy magazines in Australia and she was talking about the shoot that they just did and uh, it, there, was, there was a car and there was a great Chanel suit and, uh, that, that the model was wearing and, they, and, and they, got the Chanel, they got the model wearing the Chanel suit to, to lean out of the back of the convertible and there was an open top convertible mm. um, towards the, the boot but when they got the shot back and they they were so they thought this was the most fantastic shot but when they got the shot back they realized they recreated Jackie Kennedy when John was shot <gasps> oh no oh, and they didn't sort of figure this out till they got the shot back and 
And of course, that that entire shot had to be put in the bin because they wouldn't um, have run that. No. Um, so that, that that was one completely wasted look, but obviously that was inappropriate. But oh my yeah, God. Th- these things seep into our psyche. Yes. And they come out again. You know, yes. ways when we're not even sure. Exactly. But speaking of shoots, because that's what you do every day. <laughs> um, one of the things I thought, well, I thought we would dedicate this podcast to talking about photographing difficult personalities and by that I don't even mean awful people or anything like that I know because I've been on heaps of shoots and I've been on heaps of shoots with you I know that and I know just even being shot myself when you're in front of the camera your biggest insecurities come out and um, your biggest sometimes your biggest fears come out we're so self-conscious sometimes about the way we look that we can become so self-conscious that it's very hard to work with and everyone's got different issues as well some people have low self-esteem some people um, you know have body image issues yeah some people are depressed or shy so I thought what we would could would talk about would be that because firstly how often do you find yourself in challenging situations where you know the talent's not just the people that you're photographing just aren't necessarily comfortable well it's 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 fairly common given that the majority of people aren't comfortable having their photo taken and that's just fact you know the majority aren't so you're always going to come across someone who's uh you know not 100 percent comfortable and you can magnify that if you're not 100 percent comfortable so i always Mm. say that from the start is the energy that the photographer and everyone else on set bring into the shoot is really important Mm. because that can have a big effect on everyone around them and so it's 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 a really common thing and, and something that once you're aware of it and you, you can recognise the different traits that people might have, that there are really good strategies that you can use to, to work with uh, different different kinds of um, so why conditions. So why don't we go through some of them? Because, sure. And maybe if you can give us your tips on how to deal with it. Yeah, what about sure. what about if you're dealing with somebody who's just really really shy or there's an introvert or you know they're just not giving you much there's not a lot of <laughs> connection there so what if they're just really shy Well so and 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 this is a lot a lot of people and I actually find that a lot of comedians are introverts and yeah. painfully shy and and at, at first when I first started shooting them I was uh, uh, like really taken aback because you've seen I've seen these people perform and on stage they're extroverts they're out there they're in, they're incredible they're incredibly funny and then you get them one on one and um they can they can they're, they're uncomfortable they can't look you in the eye even they they're just painfully shy and often uh, a lot of uh, models can be like that and a, a lot of people but once you get them on set, uh, for some of them, something changes. For others, it's just like um, really hard work. So uh, what I find with those is you try and find uh, a common ground that you can connect with them so that they feel that, well, we're, we're just like each other. So I'll often ask a series of questions mm-hmm. and and, and you it might be so, you know, maybe wh- where did you go to school or where, where did you grow up? And, and it's like you try not to get too personal and you don't want to ask them stuff that's maybe sensitive mm. um, and or, or favourite foods or did you see this movie or that movie and, you'll, and I'll chip around until eventually they'll, they'll offer up something that 
we, we both agree on and then I go, okay, here's a safe zone and I'll focus on that and talk about that. And I remember having one comedian that I absolutely, I thought, she was amazing. She was like one of the most popular comedians in the country at the time. I was so excited when I knew she was coming to the studio. She was going to be so funny. I can't wait to meet her. I really like loved her work. And she came in and she was so painfully shy and introverted that I thought she was in character. <laughs> I actually thought she was in character. And then I realized, no, she's painfully shy and introverted. So I started this technique. I started with Food, nothing. Mm. Clothes, nothing. Movies, growing up. Like, it was, like there was a wall every time. And then finally, the common ground was weeds. Weeds? Weeds. <laughs> like weeds in well, the ground. Yeah. So there's a kind of grass that grows here in Australia. It's called cooch grass. And it's actually like a wild grass that, that grows uh, into veggie gardens and flower beds and all of that. And for some reason, <laughs> I don't know why, we got onto that topic and she was having difficulty with it. And I knew a remedy. <laughs> and so after I thought you put hot water on them. And it's like that's the natural way to kill cooch grass. And welcome to so, so you want to be a gardener, <laughs> gardening Australia. <laughs> and um, and she was so delighted that we actually talked about that for the rest of the shoot. And she completely came out of her shell after that. Wow. Okay. And I, I guess another tip with that is because I mean I've sometimes I've watched you do this, and I'm not necessarily knowing that 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 you've been doing it, but. I can tell when somebody is a little bit self-conscious. So as a journalist, if I happen to be there, you know, because I've got to interview them at the, yeah. at the, at the shoot, at the studio, I make sure I walk away because what happens is sometimes they actually don't want to say things in front of a journalist, but they're happy to say it in front of a photographer. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's so true, and uh, and and a good move of you for, as a journalist because a lot of them don't get that and might mm. might hang around, and sometimes it's just easier for the photographer with someone like this just to have that quiet time and um, and do that one on one. So if you're working with someone and it's perhaps a portrait shoot, or y- y- try and make sure that maybe like I find sometimes the girl might bring her boyfriend, and just the fact that he's hanging around and she's that painfully shy, and he might be that. The sort of a little bit kind of controlling of her in, in some ways and she's a bit awkward and uncomfortable the minute I, I might say to him you know maybe do you want to go down and, and get us some coffees or something and then while he's away she might open up again and feel comfortable just because because it's just like she just needs to be one-on-one to be able to operate so, so let's talk about the opposite uh that's yeah. somebody who's painfully shy and who's an introvert what about somebody who's the life of the party then extrovert i actually see this believe it or not a lot in corporate shots because when you're in a staff environment there's always that guy yeah. or girl sometimes yeah. who is cracking the jokes who's trying who's who's making funny faces who's doing all who needs to be the center of attention yeah. how do you deal with that kind of personality or okay. do you need to deal with that kind of personality or is that a good thing? Well, sometimes you let them go and that, that sort of brings the energy into the room and if it is some sort of group environment, then you don't want to be cutting that off because then you're seen as not the team, part of the team anymore and, you know, that's our Dave or whatever, he's our hero. So, you know, if he's not harming anyone, then you let him go. If it's, if it's one-on-one, 
then I let them have their I let them have their time in the spotlight because that's how they operate. Yeah. And you let them go, and 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 they love it. And I kind of like to um, feed in on that too. And uh, like I, I will play up to their um, their overinflated ego sometimes, and I'll tell them how you know you know you would look amazing if we did it like this. And they'll be always saying, yeah, yeah, I would look amazing, wouldn't I? I'm like, yeah, 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 let's try it. You know, <laughs> so you can you can get it to work their way, and you kind of then so so when you're working with the introvert you'll match your energy to theirs so you're not going to come in with an introvert and be really loud and and extroverted yeah let's shoot come on baby because that's going to scare them and then with an extrovert you're not going to kind of go okay so what we're going to do next is because they're going to hate that as well so you kind of match energy for energy so when you you find that when i'm fine when when i'm with an extrovert i become more extroverted and i'll try and you know but never more extroverted than them because it's got to be their show they they need it because if you start taking the limelight they're not going to like that and and yeah so it's like matching energy for energy and always letting them have their moment in the spotlight and you really get them to be incredibly cooperative in that case what about and i think that this is a common one uh when people have either low self-esteem or they may not necessarily even have low self-esteem but they're certainly insecure about their appearance. Like they think they're five kilos too heavier or too heavy or they're not pretty enough or their hair isn't right or they're whatever their yeah. particular body issue is. How do you deal with that? Because you can't change the way you look. No. And and I think I go into every shoot just assuming that everyone's going to have something about themselves that they don't like because that's just – I think that's just human nature. Yeah. So – and you really – need to be really careful when you're dealing with anyone in pointing out flaws and in fact I think in life <laughs> mm. you just don't mm. it's it's completely unnecessary and and I find that the the thing to do is when when I'm photographing anyone and you have to do this sincerely otherwise it doesn't work cuz people people can sense if you're being fake and yeah. insincere, even if you think you're doing it really well. So whenever I meet anyone that I'm photographing, um, the first thing I do is I will look for that thing that I love in them that I think is beautiful. And and I mean it sincerely. So it might be that their eyes are a beautiful colour of blue or I love their hair or I love a particular, um, you know, top that they're wearing, something. Mm-hmm. And and. And if I can't find anything, then I will talk about the tone of their voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it's something. So what's the purpose well, of this? Why, why, why exactly are you doing this? You're making them feel good. Mm-hmm. You're offering them something. And it's like, you know, I notice you. You're saying, you know, I notice you. I notice something. I like something about you. And that's, that's going to make them relax and feel good. And then once I'm shooting them, I will... If I can't find anything physical, it'll be the light. Oh my God, the light on your face is beautiful, and then that makes them beautiful, and then and then it it all happens like that. And so the thing that you really need to be careful of doing, and and sometimes uh, photographers might do this by accident, and so you know you get so caught up in the shoot that when you're testing the lights, you might be looking at the shot going, and and it'll be underexposed, mm. and you'll say, Oh my God, that's terrible. Now, that's not a great thing to say with some, someone in front of you with like a little bit of low self-esteem because you are meaning the lighting is terrible, they're reading, they're hearing, I'm terrible. Yes. You know? So it's a really sensitive time. So, like, that 
just look for something, look for the, the beautiful things and in them and recognize and acknowledge them and constantly uh, praise and praise sincerely. Okay, so let's move on then to, um, I know that you photographed politicians and CEOs and people who have a high degree of perceived power. Yeah. You know, they're they're big names at the big end of town or, 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 or certainly they have that attitude. What is that like? Is there, are they comfortable or self-conscious or... Or, or completely comfortable because they're so confident? Uh, generally, uh, when you get to that level, uh, these guys are incredibly confident and they've got this really powerful air about them and it can be really intimidating. And I can remember when I was starting out that, that uh, having to work with, with these sort of leaders, captains of industry, for me as a young girl coming in, I, I was shaking in my boots, like very, very nervous to meet them because you knew so, so much about them and they somehow they have this uh, larger-than-life energy. So to have someone like that who's maybe in a hurry and you're wanting to photograph them, um, they can ba- pretty much take over the shoot and they will dictate the shoot to you. And, and, and it's like I can remember early on I, I would be really nervous and, and, and too scared to even take another frame. It's like, you know, I'd kind of be shooting and, okay, just sit there. No, okay, just do it the way you want to do it then because <laughs> you'd like try and direct them and they'd go, no, I think I'll just sit like this. And I never had the courage to stand up to them or even like I didn't even want to take up too much of their time because I, I, I felt that if I told them if I kept them there for longer they wouldn't respect me mm-hmm. and so and that was early on but then I realized that if someone's gotten to this level in their business they've done so by listening to experts in their field in every other stage and they learn from them and these kinds of people are at that stage because they listen to people right mm. so when I realized that I thought well if I start behaving like an expert and telling them in a way that like the reason I want you to sit or stand like this is because I need to get the most powerful shot of you possible and you're going to look much better when you sit or stand like this. Good line. <laughs> yes. And I've it's worked so well that I've actually, I've told, I remember cutting in, uh, like I, I actually asked his um the head of PR first, I, I took them aside. I said, look, uh, this particular head CEO gave terrible um, photo opportunity. So you know when there's a, a press conference or a handover or something, the CEO shakes hands with the other person, mm. they'll hand over a trophy or yeah. a certificate or something. This particular CEO would hand it over, shake the hand once, not look at the camera and walk off. So you had the entire world media there in front of him and no one was getting a good shot because he, like, just gave them nothing. Mm. And I noticed this and I said to the head of PR, I said, he gives terrible photo opportunity. I want to tell him how to do it better. Mm. And (laughs) I said, is that okay? And she's like, he would love that. I'm like, you sure? She's like, yeah. So I went up, I was a little nervous. I'm like, "Um, I've noticed (laughs) when you're doing that handshake opportunity in front of the world media there, I said, it's um, you're not not giving them enough of it. He's like, really? No one's ever told me. Mm -hmm. I said, yeah. He's like, well, how do I do it? And so I gave him a lesson. 
<laughs> and I said, and you pump the hand three or four times. And then I said, and then I taught him how to work the media scrum. I said, start from the left, yep. smile, work your way around the room, smile to the middle, give everyone three frames, hold mm. the smile, keep pumping. It's uncomfortable. It's awkward. Keep smiling. And then I said, everyone gets an amazing shot. And I said, and then all your pr- press shots after that are fantastic because otherwise two two handshake, two pumps of the hand and most of them are blinks. Mm. No one gets the shot. It doesn't run anywhere. So I noticed that you refer to many of these leaders basically as men. What When you shoot women who are in these powerful positions is it different um no i don't think so um sadly i don't get to meet many women ceos more so now and i i feel that what's happened is i think the older i've gotten i've started to to meet more ceos so i tend to be the same age and i don't have that i don't have that problem with them so like i i find I find it's easier for me to connect with a female CEO than it is with a male CEO. But now that I've worked out the plan and what to tell them, it's 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 easier all around. You just they they love to be shown what to do to improve because they're always seeking ways to improve. Okay. Well, on the other end of the spectrum, let's move from CEOs to children (laughs) now some children are angels some are not so when you are shooting children what are your tips with that i mean there's so many scenarios but maybe if you can sum up some like the the most common situation that's challenging or difficult with children and how you deal with it I think the key to a children's shoot is a quick shoot is a good shoot. And I know there's lots of photographers out there that do this, like, you know, this is what they do full time and they're amazing at it. And, um, you know, they've got some some great tips too. But basically what I've found over the years, because I, I generally photograph kids for advertising shoots mm. and lifestyle and things like that, not so much portraits, but I apply these techniques um, to, to everything when I'm working with kids is, is basically um, if you're shooting under two years old, mm. th- they will stay put pretty much, under one and a half, I think. So it's easy, but you've got to uh, use the element of surprise with, with babies. So as soon as the mother brings a child in, I'll ask them not to, not to come near me because I want to be I want to surprise the child so they've got that I've never seen you before and so maybe you can sneak a few shots in before they start getting sick of you <laughs> right and then they start screaming and crying so so that's a technique I generally use with baby that element of surprise okay. uh, one and a half to three uh, good luck it's kind of <laughs> you, you you can get great ones but generally that's when they're really trying to assert themselves at, at that age kids and they can move around and uh, they can be really difficult or they can be absolute angels. It's just potluck. So uh, what I've found when we've done TV series, generally at that age, we've got twins. So it's yeah. like if A child's not behaving, we get B child in and uh, <laughs> hopefully hopefully get the shot and sometimes both of them aren't behaving. So we wait. Mm. Um, after that, uh, once they get to kinder or school, 
I find they're really, really good because they're used to having the teacher and they take direction really well and there's lots of great little techniques you can use to, to get their attention and keep it. And, and so I use like all sorts of techniques. I've got a fairy that lives on the end of my lens that I tell <laughs> for the young kids and to get them to look in the lens. I've heard photographers say that looking to stare into the lens and it's going to wink at you. So that's the way to get kids to just like st- be staring into the lens to wait for the wink to happen. So that's a really sweet thing to do. Yeah. Um, once they get a little bit older, I think up until uh, 11, they're pretty cool and they'll do anything and they're, they're, they're a joy to work with at that age. I've had some great ones that I've, that I've um, been lucky enough to photograph. Um, teenagers can be a bit tricky. They're a bit, they can be a bit sulky. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what you do. You just like, like a lame Everything's lame at that age. There's a lot of eye rolling sometimes. So it's kind of, I don't know. And I think if you try and be cool, it's just you're lamer. (laughs) (laughs) So. Well, yeah, sorry, go on. (laughs) So I kind of. I kind of ignore them at that age. If you give them too much attention, they right. they go, "Who who? What are you doing? Why are you trying to talk to me?" But I find that if I really back off and actually I don't even acknowledge them, mm. <laughs> they will try and get my attention and 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 you know want to be in the shoot or, or or try a little bit harder. I have to say, even though I don't um, do many. Uh, shoots with kids or I'm not involved with many shoots with kids myself for some years I actually shared an office space with a children's modeling agency yeah and so I saw many kids I saw many photo shoots but I was very much on the periphery and one of the interesting things about being in you know sharing a space with the children's modeling agency is that you see your fair share of stage mums yeah. So, and some of these stage mums would hover. They would almost you could I could see some of the photographers just tense up and just I knew that they wanted to tell the stage mothers to to just go away. Yeah. What's been your experience, and how do you deal with stage mothers? Well, I, I just have to say, there's been one um, when you say stage mum. There's one story that just stands out that I remember when um, I, early on when I was photographing a beautiful girl she was just just like the the most gorgeous sweetest sweetest child and the mum was there next to me and I was about to photograph her and I I was just like coaxing her to smile and she 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 gave me this beaming angelic smile you know there's an age where before children become self-conscious yeah you know where they're just so pure and beautiful so this smile was just like the, the the loveliest thing and the mother as soon as she smiled, said, honey, don't smile. You've got terrible teeth. <gasps> it broke my heart. Oh. And I could see that child and, like, she just, her mouth clammed shut. Oh. And it, 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 was, it was the saddest thing I've ever seen. And, you know, and I know that the mother probably did it because that's what someone had said to her as a, as a mm. mother. You know, we all react because of how everyone parents in the best way that they know how. But it was just so heartbreaking mm. that from that day on, I made it a rule that if I'm going to photograph any child, that I need to work with the child on my own. I've got a working with children permit. Mm. I make sure that everyone on my set does. 
and I make sure that unless it's a little little baby one or you know a, a toddler, mm. um, that the mums and dads wait in the waiting room until the shoot's over because I don't ever want that to happen again. I don't want, even want to witness it. It was like heartbreaking. So that's basically um, how I treat stage mums because they're often um, they're excited to see their kids, and I get it. I understand. You know, it's exciting to see your kids on set, and often they've got cameras. And they used to have, um, you know, when those point and shoots, like now everyone's got their iPhones, it's not as bad. But like when I'm doing a shoot, my lights sync. So if someone sets a flash off, it'll set my flash off and it means that I miss the next frame because my lights have already gone off. So you've got all these mums and dads and they're on set and they just shoot whenever they feel like it. Set my lights off and I'll tell them politely, please don't, please don't take photos because it sets my lights off. And they keep doing it, so they get, you know, they get banned from the set generally. So it's, um, you know, you've got to come from the, you've got to understand that, yes, this is exciting to see their little ones, you know, doing that. And often they're the client. They're the ones that are paying you for these shots. Um, but I, I think I can get better shots when, when mum's not there, particularly when it's teenagers. They, they really don't want their mum around. No way. So have you been in situations where they've chucked a tantrum, to, you know, and they just lose lose it? Yep, all the time. Yeah, all children, the time? Well, yeah, if you get a three-year-old, a three-year-old's going to throw a tantrum or often it's by like sometimes what happens is, and it's a good idea to speak to the parents before they come to the shoot and I like to say um, the best thing to do with kids and a photo shoot, especially little ones, is not build it up, not talk about like some, some mums in the car or like for the two weeks leading up to the shoot will say things like, you're going to have your photo taken, mm. you're going to be in an ad, you're going to be mm. on TV. You have to make sure that you're very, very good on the day and mummy's going to take you to McDonald's <laughs> and then Nana's going to give you $50 and daddy's going to buy you a car, okay? <laughs> you know, and they build this up and build it up. So by the time the poor kid gets to the shoot, it's worked out that it's like, hey, I got mum and dad wrapped around. And it's like any attention I get is good attention. And they generally, they'll start saying, well, where's my Maccas? And they're like, no, no, it's at the end of the shoot. So you just need to smile one more time, sweetie, one more time. And the tantrum happens because they know at this point they're going to get anything. So suddenly it's like, no, no, yes, we'll go to McDonald's every night for the next month. <laughs> yes, sweetie, a hundred, a thousand. Mummy's going to give you a th- Here, you can have mummy's mobile phone and here's the keys to the car. Okay, so thanks for the, the blow by blow description <laughs> of the actual tantrum, but please tell me how you deal with it. <laughs> I ignore the kid. So what I do when a child's throwing a tantrum is I just uh, I stop the shoot and I just ask the parents, I say, okay, Johnny, that's cool, Johnny, you don't have to be in the photo shoot. That's perfectly fine. You can go home now. Off you go. <laughs> you can go home now, Johnny. And then Johnny's like, what do you mean? Going, I'm not going home. I want to be in the photo shoot. It's like, no, Johnny, we, no, I understand. You're tired. Yeah, it's kind of reverse psychology, yeah. you know, and you ask Johnny to step off and you bring Johnny's brother on <laughs> <laughs> or the next or the other kid or anyone else just to be the stand-in for Johnny and you patiently ask all the, um, you know, the, the client and the art director and everyone just to play along and they yeah. generally do. Everyone gets it that they sort of, they've learnt to follow <laughs> my lead now because they're like, Gina's Jean, nuts. What's she doing with Johnny's brother? He's the wrong size. But then well it, wor- it works. 
Because they're suddenly, and, and I'm like, and no one look at Johnny, not give him no attention. And they it, the, the, the tantrum will blow over. It's like, you know, you keep asking them. It's like putting petrol on the fire. Does, It'll just blow out. Does this also work for adult tantrums? And have you, does that occur very much, adult tantrums? I haven't seen many adult tantrums. There've been a few, and uh, it's a similar technique. Uh, like I actually, um, there was one that happened that, as it was happening, I actually was looking for the candid camera cameras <laughs> around because it was so hilarious and and so outrageous that I thought this person was um, playing someone having a tantrum. Right. And then we had actually had the producers of the show standing with me and they're like, no, no, that's why we're here. He throws tantrums like that. I'm like, is this real? They're like, this is real. I'm like, are you kidding? I'm like, this is like a four-year-old. They're like, yeah, he does it all the time. So did you ignore him? We completely ignored him. And? And he, he sheepishly came back a little while later and we just all pretended like nothing had happened. All the cast, everyone, we just got on with it. Okay. But you know what I'm like. Next time I worked with him, <laughs> I had to have some fun. Yes. <laughs> so now every time I see him, because it's like we get together every year for a shoot, I say, hey, I know how much you love me and I know how much you love taking your photo, don't you? Have you missed me? <laughs> how much do you think about me? Did, did you sleep like you couldn't sleep last night worrying about And so I completely like I went on like that for a long time at the shoot straight after the tantrum and that's diffused the situation and we're good mates now. He won't, he won't dare do another <laughs> one because he knows I'll just hang it on him. And so I've made light of it. That was risky. I wouldn't have done it on the day. Right? What, yeah. But what, I, I, you can do it afterwards. <laughs> what, what about women who, may, well, what about people who don't necessarily throw tantrums but they are, well, I guess they're divas really. You know, you know what I mean? Do you ever have to deal with, I'm, I'm, I imagine you've had to deal with divas. <laughs> well, they're, they're, like there's some, there's some women who their whole life, uh, uh, because they're so beautiful, that everything is given to them on a platter, right? And yeah. so they grow up like that and so they they don't need to actually um, do anything because everything's given. So they do they do have a bit of a diva complex. And this could be a bride, it could be an actress, it could be the mother of the bride. I've seen it a lot. Um, and I didn't it, – it's taken me maybe – 15 years to get comfortable with this particular kind of personality. I used to find them really intimidating because I can generally get on with anyone, but I can't understand women who don't get on with other women. So these these particular kind of women have sort of more guy friends than they do female friends and, yeah. and often it's really hard to, to to even find a way to to relate or find that common ground because they, they don't there isn't one. Mm. Um, and so what I used to do when I would work with these people is I'd come up and I'd go, oh, I'd be really friendly and, hey, going, I love that dress, your hair is beautiful and, wow, that, you know, and they would give me nothing and it was really, you know, it, it throws you because you, you, I'm not used to that and mm. I, I never knew what to do and it was um, just really hard to work with them. And then one day I sort of thought about it from a sort of psychology point of view and I'm like, I think they're possibly coming, that's coming from a, an insecurity 
point mm-hmm. and they're, they're so used to people praising them and all of that that, that that's just how they are. I was like, what if I ignore them completely? What would happen? So I tried that mm-hmm. and it works really well. Oh, so the same technique, ignore. Ignore in a really polite way. So if I've got, uh, say, uh, a group of people and there's one diva in the group, then everyone gets my attention, praise, love and encouragement except for the diva, Mm. right? So if I've got a group of, say, five people, it'll be Sally, oh, my God, you look amazing. That dress looks fantastic. Yep, put your hand there. That's lovely. Great. Jenny, you're doing a great job. That's amazing. Sharon, Linda, ignore the fourth, fifth one, Yeah. right? And then go around again and keep going. And what happens is they can't stand it. Yep. And eventually they'll come up to you and they'll be like, they're almost in tears. (laughs) Was was I all right? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you were fine, you know. And then, and then they, and then they, they really start, they, they start behaving, and then they'll start like behaving like the others because that they're not used to not getting any attention at all. That's actually really interesting because I don't know if you ever read a book called The Game by Neil Strauss. Now, usually it's read by men. I happened to read it because I had met the author and I was interested in his books. And it's actually about how to pick up, how men, techniques for men to pick up women. And it's a very, very popular book. And um, he has since held workshops and for men to pick up women. But one of the things that um, he teaches in the book is that when you go out, the the girl the, 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 that you want to pick up, I mean, yeah. it's terribly un-PC. Oh, my but God. Yeah. <laughs> the girl that you want to pick up, you ignore her and you pay all your attention to, all her, fr- to her friends. Oh, yeah. So you don't actually want to get together with the friends. You want to get together with her, but you ignore her and um, make sure you're really friendly and lovely and charming to her friends. And that is, you know, step one of the technique in, in actually picking her up because she, wants, she then wants your attention. Yes. But anyway, let's, uh, yeah, very un-PC. So let's move on then to, let's, let's move on to men. There right. are sometimes, you know, <laughs> I know you have a term for some difficult men. Do you want to share that with us? <laughs> <laughs> really? Now, let, let's, let's just um, be clear to all listeners that, uh, you know, a lot of shoots go very well and they're full of lovely people. <laughs> Not everyone is uh, challenging or difficult or a diva, but, but hey, what, since we're here, let's go there. What, what is the uh, name that you give to some of the difficult men, Gina? Richard Cranium. <laughs> okay. And so I'm sure many listeners will be able to understand that's a euphemism for something else. If not, have a think about it and you'll get it very quickly. <laughs> so do, what, what sort of people are Richard Graniums? Well, it's that immature guy who just likes to make a, you know, ruin. He wants to be the centre of attention, but he just behaves really immaturely. He could be 45 years old, but he's like the lame jokes. He's, again, someone who's perhaps a little bit insecure, Mm. but in a group he uses humour to cover up his insecurity. So he'll be making all the inappropriate jokes He'll photobomb images. Mm. He's the guy that comes up to me in the street when I'm doing a shoot and will say something like, oh, I don't know. But he'll put, he'll do bunny ears behind the model, you know. <laughs> He's that guy. Yes. Or photobombing. 
he could be the teenage son that ruins the 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 group photo or you know, by doing or he'll heckle you know i've had uh teenage soap stars that that will come in and that that be the entire cast shoot and he's just come on the scene and he's the one that's like ruin keeps ruining the shot you so know you it's that it? guy well it's really good. I use my teacher training with these people because I, I did four years of teacher training and I got sent out to work with um, some uh, – I, I did teaching around with year nine. Do you know what year nine boys are like? Oh, almost as bad as year nine girls. <laughs> you know, really difficult to deal mm. with. And so having year nine boys for like a long time on teaching rounds, I had to learn how to stand up to them and how to deal with them. So I basically teach them like that. And so what I did is, is this great technique that I used to use with the year nine boys is um, if one kid is playing up, I make, I make the entire class, um, I punish the entire class for that one kid. Mm. And so what happens is the entire class will then turn on that kid <laughs> and it's not me, it's the entire class. So it's similar like in a group situation, Yeah, I'll just say, I'll just stop speaking and I'll say, we're just waiting for Johnny. And so Johnny gets all the attention mm. and he'll go on a bit and then eventually all the professionals in the group will go, Johnny, pull your head in. Yeah. And it's not me saying it because you, the other thing you need to be careful, and, and so now I'm speaking uh, as a female photographer, male photographers don't have this problem, but as a female photographer, so just to all the females out there, when you're dealing with a group and you want to be giving instructions, you need to be really careful that when you're raising your voice, it doesn't sound shrill. Because you lose everyone's attention. Yeah. Okay. So you always try and lower your voice. And rather than yelling, you get a much better effect if you actually just lower your voice and soften it. And people actually stop talking so that they can hear you. Mm. And that, that was a technique that I used to use with the, the year nine boys. I would just keep keep talking at a really low level and you just keep saying, okay, we're just going to keep staying in till five minutes for every time someone speaks someone would speak that's another five minutes and i never raised my <laughs> voice and i did that sicilian stair val okay i've seen the sicilian stair it's scary i know and i'd never raise my voice and that's far more menacing than than yelling it because people know what to expect when you when you raise your voice not when you just keep it at that level so that's what i do with a group group shot when it's a, a richard cranium um and generally they're not going to behave like that one-on-one -on -one. they will not behave like that if it's just you and them because there needs to be people for them to show off in front of. Mm. So you just let everyone else to, and it, it, it actually really um, settles itself very, very quickly. So there's also another kind of guy. Um, you know, when I was working at Cleo magazine, we did, those were in the years when we did the 50 Most Eligible Bachelors. In fact, you and I did a 50 Most Eligible Bachelor shoot together. Yep. There's a certain kind of guy who... Uh, they, 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 they've done fairly well in life or they're really good looking or they're maybe, maybe they're athletes. They're kind of like the jock. Yeah. And they can also be a little bit difficult to deal with because, well, I'm not entirely sure why, to be honest, but do you know the kind of guy I'm talking about? Yeah, and it's they can be similar to the D. It's like the male diva, really, and they often marry divas. Yes, okay, yeah, true. <laughs> they date or marry a diva. And, again, it's like they've been like incredible athletes or they're incredibly good-looking or they've got some incredible talent. And so all their lives 
people have just handed stuff to them on the platter so that, you know, they, they, they don't really need to um, develop their personality any further. So they, they can tend to be uh, a little bit difficult and they do, I find, uh, may have a little bit of trouble uh, have with social skills and also uh, um, relating to women. Mm. So what do you, how do you deal with it? Well, I kind of, and, and this is And what are the that, issues? I, what, why wouldn't you get a good shot with someone like that? Because they, they just, they, there isn't that respect there and they just kind of will shrug it off or they, they, they can be like they'll hurry the shoot along. So I remember as a young photographer trying to photograph athletes, especially if they're in a group, you know, they're all there do, doing that thing that blokes do when they do, yeah, Davo, kick the ball to me, good on your mate. And I'm trying to get their, um, I'm trying to get their attention and it's like, okay, can we all just kind of settle in? And they're like taking marks over each other and running and, and you know, can, can we get just like, is it okay if we just get the shoot? So I had to learn how to sort of, you know, um, toughen up a bit mm. and um, tr- behave like their mothers. They're all afraid <laughs> of their mothers. So it was the day that I learned to do that. So I, I – so, in all honesty, I channeled my Sicilian mother. She is beautiful, but she can be scary <laughs> when she wants to. Yeah. She could turn it on. and she, so, so, I actually would channel her and, um, like, go up to them and go, um, I've got five minutes to get this shot. I'm going to get this shot. I need you to stand there and I need you to be quiet and not move. You got it? <laughs> and it's that menacing tone. But just like even, and then there's a smile. There's always a smile, and there's something that <laughs> scares them because they realise it's like you're not mucking around. Yeah, you're scary. <laughs> I've seen that smile. You've given it to me. I've had that tone. I don't know they, what I was misbehaving, but at, at the time, they are really difficult. And I think if you are a male photographer, you would probably have because I've got one, one of my best friends is a is a, a great photographer, and and these guys love him, and so he would be doing a lot of their shoots because they're just like he he's a you know he's the man's man, and that's who they relate to. So another thing is like we just need to understand that like not everyone's going to like us, and we're not going to get along with everyone, and some people are going to be easier to photograph just because you sort of fit in. But there are ways and techniques that you can um, work with these people. And, and now that I've mastered this technique and I'm not going to take, um, you know, any of their rubbish then, then, and stand up to them a little bit, they, they kind of – then they respect you. How do you shoot um, – you know, sometimes you have a group shot where there's just this gorgeous either woman or man in the shot – and then there's other people in the shot who no doubt are gorgeous human beings, but they are feeling insecure next to the person who, you know, maybe that person has had full hair and makeup and has been styled and that's just, that's just their persona. Yeah. How do you deal with it when there's such an obvious level of insecurity in somebody who's going to be in the shot next to somebody with incredible confidence? Well, again, it's just a matter of, you know, making sure that that, that person feels um, as secure in themselves and as beautiful as possible because I guarantee that no matter who you get in front of the camera, if you can get them to smile um, sincerely mm. and genuinely, they will light up that photo. 
Mm. And so you, uh, I generally will, will will just say something like that, you know. It's just like you, you look incredible. You both look amazing. You've got an amazing smile and, and completely diffuse that situation that there isn't, there is, there's no, it doesn't matter who, mm. who's got the hair and makeup or what. If they're both coming to that, to that shot and looking sincere and genuine with their smile, they're both going to look amazing. Mm. And what about shoots? And I know this is this, some people might think this is a bit un-PC as well, but it's reality. Um, what about shoots where you might have a group and uh, there's there's a larger person, but and, and amidst a whole group of smaller people, if you know what I mean, thin yeah. people. Yeah. And 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 it's not that it's that that person isn't beautiful or anything like that it's just that i know sometimes in the positioning of shots um it, that can they, they can really stand out when they don't necessarily want to perhaps yes well, what, what's so, your tip there so i always try and, and arrange a shot so that if, if if someone's um you know slightly larger than another person i'll put them in between two people not, never put them on the end because it's like that's going to highlight that. So you put them in the middle, and 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 if it's like a, it, like th- there is a huge difference in in size, then I might um, crop the shot and just do it as a like a, a tight headshot. And that's what I used to do at events, you know, if I was shooting people, and there was a, like a huge difference. So you always got to look after your clients and and make sure that everyone looks amazing uh, in the shot. So I just crop in and do maybe a head and shoulders headshot of two people together and, and make sure that they're both laughing and, and happy and it captures the moment. Mm. So, I mean, we could talk for hours about, you know, dealing with different types of people in, in, in shoots, but um, we're almost to the end of our podcast. So before we sign off, Gina... I yep. mean, like I said, we, there's there's so many different scenarios I that know. we could talk about, and I think you know, dealing with kids is one that we could potentially even do a whole p- other podcast on. Yeah, whole show. But it sounds like it's all very much uh, d- determining the the type of personality this person is, yep. and then just adjusting your behaviour accordingly to get the best out of that person. Yeah, even if, then, if, if if it means treating them like Year Nine boys. Yeah, and then also sort of um, cutting them some slack as well and always remembering that, you know, no one's behaving like this deliberately. There's always a reason behind some some person's behaviour and sometimes you just need to step into their shoes for a minute and, yeah. and perhaps understand and, and have a bit more empathy towards them and, and uh, you know, you'll always then get a good shot. And remember, um, you the energy that you bring to the shoot is just as important as what's going on with them. So you need to come in with a positive um, energy and prepared to, to get great shots and that, that can really change everything on set do you and think have a you huge have, difference. Do you think you have more empathy because you're a woman potentially? <sighs> uh, no, I don't, I don't think so. I, I, I think it's um, – I think it's – everyone's different but i think as probably as artists i think generally um i think i just think everyone's different val what yeah. do you mean the people you shoot or people shoot doing the shooting people doing the shooting there there are different styles of sh- and 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 it depends on 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 what you shoot as well and what what kind of shoots you do and yeah, you can course. see in the style that people come out with yeah, because a photo is a, as much a reflection of the photographer it is, as it is of the person that they're photographing. Yeah. Okay. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's episode. What are you up to in the coming week, Gina? 
Oh, my God. So we just uh, – I've got a, a big shoot that I'm organising at the moment, so that's exciting, and then I'm going to continue <laughs> sprinting. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Good. See, and see how that goes. What about you, Val? Uh, well, I'm organising a couple of shoots too. One of them is with you, and yes. um, I need to coordinate quite a few – aspects of that um and write a few scripts for it or a few mm. uh you know locations and sets and stuff like that so that should be fun i'm looking forward to it yes but until next week thank you for those of you who would like gina to answer a question please do email us news at gina militia.com and that is Gina, J, not J, <laughs> G, G, G I N A, Militia, M for Mary, I L I C I A dot com. And we'd love to hear from you. And if you have an opportunity to leave us a review or a rating in iTunes, we'd really appreciate it. And um, give us a shout out uh, on Twitter. Who are you on Twitter, Gina? At Gina Militia. And also on Instagram and almost everything else. And yes. I am at Valerie Koo. So we'd love to hear from you and we hope that you enjoy the show. So see you next time. See you guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit GinaMilitia.com. <laughs>